The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Second down six right now. Makes the inside give. He was rushed, but gets that one off. Big hit! And Christian Kirksey has the hit. Now the football. No flags. Touchdown, Iowa. Huge defensive play. They needed that right now, Paul. Great hit. Is this a little flat pattern? Highlight real play for Christian Kirksey. Not only the big hit to knock it loose, Chuck, but the awareness to scoop it up and sprint. And that's how Kirk Ferentz Hawkeyes score for the very first time this season. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the football show from Hawkeyes Mike. We have our first of two weekly reporters' notebook segments in this podcast. This one features Steve Batterson, who looks back at the Hawks' season opening loss to the Northern Illinois Huskies at Kinnick Stadium. You'll also hear some of what Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz had to say on the weekly Big 10 coaches call. This Hawkeyes Mike podcast is one in a series of our weekly programs, which include Brent Balbinot and Marv Cook, as well as sports reporters Scott Docterman of the Gazette, the Hawkeye Susan Dank, and Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times. Be sure to check out Marv Cook's X's and O's show and our other Reporters Notebook podcast, as well as Brent Balbinot's Press Box Report. The Iowa NIU game highlights are courtesy of the Big Ten Network, with announcers Paul Burmeister, Chuck Long, and Danan Hughes, a very nice job calling this game by the trio of former Hawks. We very much appreciate it and thank them. Hawkeyes Mike football programs come to you following every game during the entire season and are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes and remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by the Marsh Cook Investment Group in Coralville, Iowa. Marsh Cook, for all your investment needs. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz participated in the weekly Big Ten Coaches Conference call this week. Here's some of what Kirk had to say about the play of linebacker Christian Kirksey, his philosophy of FBS schools like Iowa scheduling FCS programs like Missouri State, the play of first-time starting QB Jake Rudock, his thoughts on spread offenses and offenses playing in space, and the play of his offensive line. Christian, we have three senior linebackers, Christian, uh, Anthony Hutchins, and James Morris, and certainly counting on all three of those guys to play play well, and uh, Christian certainly did that. All, all three guys did. I thought that, you know, played well the entire game, but that was a huge play. We were, we were kind of burning, spinning our tires a little bit at that point, and uh, boy, it was just a heads-up play, a great tackle, and then great awareness to pick up the ball and then finish it off with a touchdown. So it really uh, kind of ignited our team, got the, the, got the crowd fired up, and just an outstanding play by a, a really uh, top-quality senior. Well, uh, I don't think they're going to fit in so much in our conference. I think we're, we're moving away from them. At least that's the last understanding I have. And uh, uh, scheduling's a, an issue, certainly. Uh, but you know, I think most teams, uh, at least it uh, seems like an awful lot of teams are doing it right now. And uh, as we learned last weekend, there's no, no guarantees, period, anytime you play against anybody, you know, with uh, – eight of the FCS teams winning. So, uh, but, you know, scheduling's been a challenge and uh, I think everybody's, you know, looking for the best possible way to do their scheduling. You know, that's been a uh, uh, one route that a lot of people have taken. 
I think probably it's more about ball placement, uh, maybe, you know, and maybe the decision you'd like to take that back uh, in terms of where he decided to go with the football. But, uh, you know, it's probably more ball placement. He threw, threw it behind uh, our guy, and it would have been a tight throw. You know, if you miss a throw, you want to make make sure you miss away from the defender, certainly. But uh, that that's part of being a first-year player and first-time player. But I uh, thought he did an awful lot of good things out there, and we're awfully encouraged by what we saw. Really confident uh, he's just going to keep growing. His, his demeanor on the field was excellent. His feedback, his information. That uh, you know his conversation was with uh, Greg Davis were all good, and you know his, his awareness was really good. So that was great. And then uh, also just uh, on the touchdown pass he threw, he you know, he got a mouthful of the defender, you know, right as he released the ball. Something you like to see. And then uh, you know later on pulled one down and, and made a nice run. Not only get the first down, but he actually got the ball in the end zone. So I, th- I thought he did a lot of really good things, and uh, we're, we're really encouraged by that. And you know, we felt good about him going into the game. Just uh, we feel good about our other two quarterbacks as well. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on what spread means uh, exactly, but uh, yeah, there's all kinds of ways uh, to move the ball. But you know, at, at some point, uh, you know, you have to execute. You got to block at least uh, a minimal amount to uh, get the ball. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I think you just you do what you feel fits your personnel the best way. And there are a lot of different ways to be successful. You know, I mean, I can think of a team in the Big 12 last year about the midway point that was on the way to the national championship, and they, they hit some hard times, and they're a quote-unquote spread team. So uh, you look at our conference, uh, you know, we've had two Big Ten championship teams and an anti-spread teams uh, come out victorious in both of those. So, you know, it's what you do and, uh, you know, what you do. Uh, first of all, I think any coach is trying to do what they do best with their personnel, and uh, to me, at the end of the day, the teams that are successful are the teams that execute the best, whether it's spread or conventional or, you know, whatever term you want to throw at it. And there's no question we're seeing more up-tempo stuff. We're seeing you know, perhaps more four-wide stuff, but it, it's not like it's all new, and, and throwing the ball is not new either. I mean, remember Illinois with Mike White as a coach said, uh, I think they threw the ball 70 times here in 1982 in Kinnick Stadium as, you know, set a passing record that day. Uh, they, they scored 10 points, I believe, but, you know, they, they set a record, stadium passing record, so you know, it's, it's not, I don't think it's new to football, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people throwing it around, read, you know, there's option football, that stuff, so but that, that's, you know, it's always kind of been the way football is. You know, we were all aware of the fact that we were going to have a new quarterback no matter who won the, the race. And, uh, you know, so that's certainly something that we uh, were hoping that we could run the ball a little bit and hoping that our line w- would do a good job. And when I say our line, our, our tight ends included, because we are a little bit more veteran up there. And overall, the guys performed pretty well. Uh, we're not maybe as veteran as we look. Both of our guards, I think, have started maybe two or three games uh, career-wise so far. So, you know, they're, they're kind of new as far as that goes. And we also had a new center for the first time in uh, three years. Austin Blythe slid over. And, and Austin and had his ups and downs as a redshirt freshman, but I thought he really, for a first time out as a center, he really did a nice job. So there were some things there we were really encouraged by, and, and uh, hopefully we can continue to play a little bit more professionally as we move forward. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy! <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard! 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on, up to 10 washings, moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet! Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. 
Just a reminder that you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawks. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com. Go to the news and events section and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes, and you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, and on Facebook. Also, be sure to check out all of the Hawkeye stories, features, and blogs in the Gazette, the Hawkeye, and the Quad City Times. Time now for the first of our two weekly reporters' notebook shows, this one with Steve Batterson. You can read Steve's articles in the Quad City Times and online at qctimes.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at sbat79. Steve looks back at the Northern Illinois game and more. Steve, it was certainly not the start Iowa wanted for this season. It was a big game in terms of potentially at least wins and loss in the season. Seventh Hawkeye loss in a row and two consecutive losses to MAC teams. And the latter, I think, has fans particularly upset. Certainly was not the uh, the start that Iowa got off to. Some, you know, certainly some positives to take from that game. But, uh, you know, the bottom line in football is the bottom line. And, and the Hawkeyes did not get it done at the end of the game Saturday. And, and uh, you know, as a result, they're, they're heading into Missouri State this week with an one record. This loss felt different. This team felt different, very different as compared to last year, especially offensively. Did you get that same sense? Yeah, I really did. I thought there was much more of a flow to, to the offense and really more variety. I mean, for lack of a better term, I guess, just from the standpoint that, uh, you know, I really didn't have that much of an issue with, with the game plan that we saw on, on Saturday. That For those folks who, who have been, you know, crying that this is, is nothing but a conservative kind of uh, offense, uh, we saw some variety. We saw uh, a first-year starting quarterback step in and 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 do some good things. Uh, I think Jake Rudock is 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 uh, you know off to a pretty solid start. He made a, certainly made a critical mistake at the end of the game, but uh, a lot to build off of in, in some respects. Uh, you know, I, I felt like there was some uh, there, there was some imagination in, in, on the uh, part of Greg Davis, and 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 certainly you could see a little more cohesion between what he wants to do with this offense and and the play in terms of their ability to execute it. Let's talk about Rudock's play a little bit. I know you hated to see, for a, especially a first-time starter, that last pick that led to the winning field goal for Northern Illinois. But outside of that, he seemed to have a great deal of poise. I, he never looked flustered out there. He looked pretty heady. He had a nice, quick release. I'll just talk about Rudock's play in general. Yeah, there was a real flow to the offense that wasn't there last season. And, and, and I think that some of that's on Jake and some of that's just on a comfort level, you know, with everybody on, on that offensive unit. But, uh, you know, Jake had the reputation of being a pretty business-like quarterback coming out of, of the St. Thomas Aquinas in, in Fort Lauderdale and uh, certainly displayed uh, some poise. And, and, and which, you know, realistically, that's probably why he was the guy that went Saturday uh, in terms of winning that three-way race for the quarterback position. And uh, we saw what the coaches have been seeing since, since the start of, uh, you know, spring ball, really. And that's a quarterback who, who prepared to... Uh, 
to start and who went out and, and, and tried to execute the assignments. He was, he was given to the best of his ability and, and was able to kind of flush mistakes and move on to the next play. And, and uh, you know, that's that right now that, you know, that separates him from the pack. 21 of 37 passing, 256 passing yards. And frankly, if you look at the stats, you know, Iowa wins in the stats in quite a few areas here, total offense, rushing, so forth, and yet they still lose. Pretty decent running game there with alternating Wiseman and Bullock, and we saw Wiseman maybe play a bit more in the fullback position than people anticipated. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, 302 total yards in, in the first half uh, for Iowa, which, uh, you know, that's worth noting given, given the struggles that, that this team had a year ago. Yeah, I think we saw some of the different ways that they're going to try to use Wiseman and Bullock and, and even Kanzeri when he came in for a few snaps. Uh, it, it was interesting to see, you know, Bullock move out wide a few times. Uh, maybe not as much as we'd seen during the open practice a couple weeks earlier, but uh, Damon had kind of hinted during the, the week, even uh, leading up to Saturday's game, that you know maybe he played a little more receiver on that one Saturday than he had been in other days during practices. So you know, I, I think this is an offense that's going to have some different looks over the course of the season, and it'll be kind of mix and match and, and see how it plays from one week to the next. And a lot of, frankly, is probably going to be based on on performance. Yeah, there, I think some fans were a little disappointed. They anticipated based certainly on the comments that you had heard from Kirk Ferentz uh, over the last few weeks, maybe getting a peek at LaShawn Daniels, but on Saturday it was no Sean Daniels. Yeah, I, I think you'll probably start to ease his way in on special teams here probably fairly soon. And, uh, you know, it, it does appear that he is going to see the field at some point. And, you know, I, I think probably the one thing that we need to re- remember too is that during that open practice when he looked so good, they really weren't using Wiseman and Bullock in, in the roles that they normally would use them in just from the standpoint that they know what those two kids are about and, and this is a, that was a chance for them to see Daniels and how he would perform in those situations he did he did a, you know a great job for a true freshman and uh, you know he'll earn his snaps and, and that'll come with you know consistency and blocking and, and everything else that goes into it and uh, you know once that part of the game is there we'll uh, you know we'll probably see a little more of him uh, in the weeks ahead I'm sure the other thing that seemed clear to me is that Rudock's going to have a few more weapons at uh, the receiver position than Vandenberg did last year, and you saw some deep routes this time, some vertical passing. You saw third down plays that were actually designed to get first downs. Maybe, if anything, you would have expected a few more passes being directed to tight ends. Yeah, you know, I think that probably had as much to do with the opponent as anything. Um, if you take a look at last year's game in Chicago, uh, you know, Northern Illinois sacked James Vandenberg six times in that game and uh, really brought speed off the ends. Now, some of those personnel were, were different, but I think Iowa was probably a little leery of of, uh, of that situation and probably committed a you know, committed those tight ends to a little more blocking than maybe they would normally would. Uh, you know, it was good to see uh, I would go over the middle with, to Fedorowicz into the end zone and, and to see him go up and, and grab a, you know, a jump ball essentially over a couple of defenders. And uh, But, yeah, I, the tight ends, I think, will be a, a more significant portion of this offense moving forward. But I really think what we saw on Saturday had as much to do with who they were playing as, as opposed to what was taking place on Iowa's side of the ball. Before we flip over to defense, one last offensive comment. You alluded to it earlier. It was really a tale of two halves for Iowa. What do you think happened in the second half when the offense just really struggled to do anything? Yeah, I think you know, some of it had to do with, with some things that, that Northern Illinois did uh, on defense. I mean, they certainly 
you know, jump the routes a little quicker maybe than what they did. And, and you know, and frankly, I think that, uh, you know, it, it came, we saw a couple of situations where Iowa was unable to convert on third downs. You know, one one with the deep ball that was, that was not caught, false start in another situation, kind of backed them up a little bit. It, uh, just some things that didn't flow as well as they did during the second quarter in particular. And, uh, you know, and I, I think that's something that we may have to get used to here. Looking at the defense's play, Iowa was inconsistent, uh, susceptible again to the hurry up, especially with a mobile quarterback like Lynch. But overall, I had a sense that they were playing more aggressively than last year. Yeah, I, I the, the pass rush still wasn't where it needs to be, and 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 you know they certainly tried to uh, to mix things up a little bit. Uh, um, you know we we saw Quinton Olsen move up uh, to an end position in in, in uh, rush situations and, and and that type of thing. Uh, you know I. The Iowa defense uh, has some work to do. Uh, you know, there's certainly uh, the cornerbacks, I think, are, are uh, kind of green and growing at this point. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they uh, you know, gave up a few a few big plays over the course of the game. And, uh, it, you know, it's the same old, same old in terms of issues. Uh, uh, you know, those mobile quarterbacks have given Iowa problems for, for several years. And, uh, you know, it, it's a bend-but-don't-break philosophy. And, and, you know, unfortunately, they broke a couple of times, uh, you know, particularly in the first half to let Northern Illinois get off to uh, to a pretty good start. But, uh, you know, they were uh, they did a decent job, I felt like, of limiting – Limiting damage after turnovers. I mean, they, 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 Iowa turned the ball over three times, and, and Northern scored nine points off of those turnovers. They kept them out of the end zone. and That's important moving forward. There's something to build on there as well. Yeah, both teams played no huddle exclusively the entire game, uh, but you saw two very different versions of the no huddle. Iowa's had varied speeds in terms of how quickly they went up and snapped the ball, whereas Northern Illinois pretty much stayed in a hurry-up, and that particularly caused problems for Iowa's defense in trying to substitute in their nickel and dime packages. You saw that especially on the on the receiver that just ran right by Hitchens on that one Northern Illinois touchdown. Yeah, there's no question that, that uh, you know, Northern Illinois and the way that they are, you know, the way they're built gave Iowa some issues. And, uh, you know, this won't be the last team that uh, the Hawkeyes see that, uh, that does that. And uh, it's something they're going to have to do a better job with. But it, it certainly wasn't uh, executed at a high level on Saturday, and uh, you know, and I think uh, as you alluded to, uh, Iowa's Iowa's version of the no huddle is different than a lot of people. It's it's not going to be basketball and grass. It's going to be a situation where where the Hawkeyes uh, are, are trying to use that no huddle at different tempos to just kind of you know take the foot off the pedal, ease it off. Uh, create a little, uh, uh, you know, some issues uh, for the opposing defense with with the way they run it. But uh, uh, you know, Northern's idea is simply put the pedal down and make you adjust to that as quickly as possible. It's a different preparation, no doubt. Anything surprise you on Iowa's defensive play Saturday? Yeah, you know, I, I think probably I would have anticipated a little more pass rush from Iowa. Uh, we saw really, uh, you know, as, as you alluded to, uh, a little more aggression, I think, overall from Iowa defensively. But uh, the level of execution at times wasn't what it needed to be to to uh, 
to defeat a pretty uh, a pretty good quarterback, and I and, and I don't think we can discount that in the thoughts that that was one of the better quarterbacks we're going to see. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, uh, you know, until they get into Big Ten play. When and last, a uh, quick snapshot: special teams. We finally looks like Iowa finally has a kicker capable of kicking most of the kickoffs into the end zone. Punting a little inconsistent. The guy's got a good leg, Cornbrath, but uh, susceptible again to the uh, fake punt. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, there, it was uh, you know kind of a hot and cold day. Uh, you know, Cornbrath had the had the 16 yarder in the first half that uh, certainly benefited Northern Illinois at the time. But uh, uh, you know, Mike Meyer is uh, is one of the elite kickers in the country, and he continues to to prove that every week. And you know, his growth in terms of being able to put the ball in the end zone on kickoffs. Is, is something that uh, he said after the game that he's really been working on, uh, you know, over the past few months. And, and uh, you know, we saw some dividends on, on Saturday uh, uh, with that. And it's a powerful weapon when you can eliminate that return, and, and it certainly helped there. But, uh, uh, yeah, the, the getting, you know, getting dogged on, on the fake punt was uh, uh, one of those things that, uh, you know, it, it's a uh, – you're susceptible to it when uh, uh, when you're not totally in tune with uh, where you're at on the field. And uh, you know, we saw the situation Saturday where a couple of guys were fairly close to making a tackle that really would have negated any any real gain out of that thing. But uh, uh, they didn't they didn't weren't able to wrap the kid up and and uh, um, you know give him credit. He made a nice play and and uh, um, you know probably the only thing that didn't happen out of that was that it didn't go for six and and uh, that. Uh, uh, that was, uh, you know, a st- at least maybe the one positive out of that, but uh, they, they were susceptible, no question. Closing thoughts? Um, yeah, you know, good starting point. This was a good starting point for Iowa. Uh, um, you know, it wasn't a win, uh, and wins are going to be hard to come by, I think, this season, given the, given the uh, schedule and, and the lies ahead. But, uh, um, you know, there's certainly some things to build off of from this game, and, and I think that, uh, you know, you can't lose sight of that. Uh, as Kirk said, following the game, you, you got to flush it pretty quickly and move on because you you only have 11 more opportunities to, to uh, you know collect that win and it's what you make out of what happened on Saturday that will determine where this season goes. Hasn't been easy. It won't be easy. Tough field position here, Paul. Just inside their own ten, play action. Rudolph has a man deep. Damon Powell, junior college transfer. Great call by Greg Davis. There's the shot we've been waiting for. He talked about it last night. And they need to get David Pollock, one of the fastest young men on the team. Great, great protection and great play fake. Hawkeyes Mike Football Shows are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer, the revolutionary antimicrobial hand sanitizer that is alcohol-free and lasts all day with a single application. Try the hand sanitizer the Iowa Hawkeyes use. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by the Marsh Cook Investment Group, Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Network in Coralville, Iowa. Call 319-512-6261 or toll-free 800-883-0842. Marsh Cook, for all your investment needs. (laughs) 
Our thanks again to BTN for the game highlights this week, and thanks to Steve Batterson. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more, and that you'll participate by phoning and making your own voice heard on our shows. Call 866-74-HAWKS. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.